under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Well, welcome to it. I know there's nothing good and goodbye. Oh, back on a Monday. After a long, invigorating, wonderful, relaxing weekend. And Troy is not in tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He's working. We'll make that paper. And in his stead, though it is no step down, in fact, it might be a step up, we have Peyton Jolly. Hey, Peyton, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a little winded. Yeah. I, yeah. But I'm, I'm proud of you. I just, I've got this new ritual, folks, before the show, especially on a Monday when I felt lazy this morning. I do some 10-second push-ups. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds down slowly, hold the bottom 10 seconds, 10 seconds back up slowly. That's one. I almost did three. I did two and a half. Uh, We'll go with three. Okay. We'll round up. I didn't fully get to the third push-up. Like, I wasn't fully pushed. Anyway, that's not important right now. It's not important. Um, No, I was all over the place this weekend, though. First. There was a first for me. Okay, what was it? I had an anonymous partner joining me on this day, and mm-hmm. it was a treat yourself day. Mm-hmm. You remember Treat Yourself from uh, the Parks and Rec? I never really watched that show. Oh, so sorry. We can't be friends. We're, but it was uh, no, it's one day a year where you just treat yourself. Mm-hmm. You do what you like. Mm-hmm. You spend maybe a little too much money on ridiculous things, but you enjoy your time. Yeah. So on Saturday, first time ever. You know, I've gotten these things that, you know, people have been dating call massages. Mm-hmm. Massages? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Not a massage at all. Compared to this, I got a Thai massage. What is a Thai massage? I don't know. It's okay. a type of massage people in Thailand perfected, apparently. And no, it wasn't one of those places that makes you very happy at the end of the affair. No, it wasn't like that. It was a legit massage place. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. Stretched me out pretty good. I felt loosened up. felt sleepy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I've got to do it again. I've got to do it again. I was a little sore, and I felt all stretched out and great. You ever gotten a professional massage? No. And I keep, like, mm-hmm. dropping hints to my parents. Oh, th- this is what you would like to do. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, you know, and my dad's like, yeah, you got $50? Hmm. Go get yourself one. And I'm like, Dad, come on. Now, based on what we were, we were doing a quick debriefing off air. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're telling me updates. And you've graduated from college. Yes, I have. I have a diploma now. Right, so you jumped through all the hoops that you're supposed to. Exactly. The next hoop is getting a real full-time job. I mean, you have a job. I have a job. But you don't want to work there forever. No. And you're not using your, your degree at that job. No. So I mean, you, I am communicating with people. You're on this job search kick. Yeah. 
So I want folks out there, if you know some way we can help Peyton here, a job that she would really like. I mean, have you tried to harangue the boss here? You say you want to do radio. I do want to do radio, but no, I haven't. Mm, you should try that. I mean, I've applied in radio all over. Georgia, all over. here in Alabama, Florida, mm-hmm. Tennessee, Oklahoma. And you're pretty much willing to do anything in the radio business. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be on air, but I feel like you would enjoy that the I most. I enjoy that the most. That's why you probably text me, like, can I come on your show? <laughs> yeah, That, you and I finally, like, figured out my whole work schedule where I was okay. like, because now I have a bedtime. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sad? No, yes, it's it not sad. That's what it means to grow up. I'm terrible about that, actually. Um, I, after even hearing podcasts and reading some stuff on how important it is not only to get a certain amount of sleep, like eight hours mm-hmm. a night, but have a regular sleep schedule, Yeah, I still persist well, in not doing that. I fall asleep on the couch all the time trying to watch things. I mean, I know by like no later than 9.30, I should be in bed. Except on Tuesdays and Saturday nights, oh, I stay up boring. longer. That's very boring. 9.30? Well, I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh. Well, yeah, nine thirty. That's fine. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> you were judging me okay. now. Yeah, you're you're all grown up. I feel bad because people are like, "Hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to come over?" And I'm like, "I can't." You can't. You're. I'm so sorry. It's so difficult to adult in this day and age. It eh? is. I don't like it. I think we might have a beef though, Peyton. Why? Because I was bored and I hopped back on Tinder. <laughs> I really was. I was bored and I hopped back on Tinder, and literally I'll get bored at a certain part of the day, I'll just start doing the swipe and left, swipe right thing. Uh-huh. And I saw you oh on there. <laughs> I was like, hey, I know Peyton. I'm going to give her a swipe right, which is, uh, I accept yeah. her. Let's have a match. Yeah. No match came in. <laughs> None whatsoever. So either you didn't see it and you haven't been active on Tinder, or you <laughs> swiped left on me, the guy who's <laughs> brought you on to his very own show. Who what's, I say I'm going to one day marry. Yeah, what's the deal? Okay, so, see, what happened was, uh-huh. I, <laughs> I get bored, too. Okay. <laughs> and I just swipe left. You know, oh, you sometimes, just and, and sometimes, sometimes I swipe right. But you right. don't, you don't want to run out of well, likes. Well, okay, see. Because assume you're not paying. I wasn't dinner. paying attention, and I saw this guy that looked just like you. Yeah. And my finger just went left, and I was like, "No!" Oh, it just no. happened. To go and it was left. one of those where you're like, "Can I go back?" No. And you can't go back. You got to so pay I'm gonna find for you it now. to go back. I'm gonna find you now. Okay. All right. I was I was a little disappointed. I, I saw another person that I knew and was like, "Definitely." I do left. this. I do this same thing. It's weird when you actually see somebody <laughs> you know on one of those. Things. Yeah. Like if I know you and I'm friends with you, I'm like, hmm, let's just see. No, but no. it's a it's a weird thing, and I think it's an it's worked for some people, but I think it's an odd way to meet people. And I'll give it example separate from like the dating websites mm-hmm. like i at this conference i went to now it was a week ago if not a little more i met a lot of people i had only known before and interacted with online on mm-hmm. social media yeah and meeting them in person was very odd i wish i'd almost like never had met them online so it could have just been a natural first meeting in person but you have all this weird baggage and history of talking online then you meet in person you're like oh photos don't really capture (laughs) what you look like and i'm very guilty of that and it's like 
Well, and you used to say this, and we're so used to you know, waiting a few minutes in between responding to yeah. one another. It was odd. It was really odd. So I'd imagine that's the same effect. Now, let me ask you, Peyton Jolly. <laughs> uh, have you ever gone on a, so what do they call it, date based off of Tinder? You know my mom and dad are listening, yeah, right? That's fine. Okay. I'm not asking you for anything um, ridiculous. Have you ever swiped right? It was a match. Shared a few pithy, humorous messages with the person you match with, and then met them in person. A few, yeah. And, and then how, how did and, it go? Um, what was that like when you first walked up and you see them? Well, one, I was like, "Oh, you really look like this." Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. But, in a good know, way about it. Uh, they were kind of short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, some people are born differently. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Some of them have become, like, some of my best guy friends, you know? Like, I'm close. We decided to be friends, then more. Okay. But, you know, I'm pretty difficult anyway, so. Sure, sure. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Um, But it's, I don't know. It's a weird, wild world out there. I mean, you're a little younger than I am. By four years. Exactly, but I can't imagine even being four years younger because it's, I mean, it's difficult leaving college and having to find a job. Yes, it's real tough. That's so hard. You've been on the interview circuit. You can't find anything. Yeah. May I suggest something? What's up? If a career in radio doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. or television, or media in general, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll get on a YouTube show. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe media just doesn't happen because that happens a lot. There are people who got a degree in something and now they're doing a job that has nothing to do with that degree. Luckily, I had a BS in political science, and now I BS about politics on occasion. <laughs> but did you see the new job opportunity that might open up if you're willing to be done with your career in media, or even this place might have a media department? Who knows? For what? The Space Force. Donald Trump today just put out that he wants to create the Space Corps, the Space Force. Right now, some of what the Space Force will do is under the Air Force or Mm -hmm. NASA, but he's creating a true separate branch of the military or starting to the Space Force. Hmm. You like to go travel the galaxy? Well, that'd be cool. Be like Star Wars, but I don't understand Star Wars at all. Oh, Star Wars is fiction. Um, But no, I actually thought about if I don't make it into the media world to become a flight attendant. A flight? Okay. I know a few flight attendants. Yeah. No, it, I'm, there's one girl who went to my high school, graduated with me, and saw her at the tenure. I have to say, I've met a lot of people. I hear a lot of different voices. I don't mm-hmm. actually meet them again, but over the airwaves, you hear a lot of opinions and how yeah. people talk. And I have to say, she was the only other person at the reunion who had this worldly perspective because she had been all over the country, yeah. if not the world. She had been dealing with people in person all the time about... Their little needs. Oh, my dog. Can I carry my dog in my purse? And can yeah. I fit this huge 100-pound bag into this bin? I mean, she was dealing with a lot of stuff. And, you know, I think I could see you as a flight attendant. I mean, I basically have to deal with that when I'm lifeguarding. Oh, really? If you think about it. Have you ever had to save a child? Yes. Really? And an adult. And uh, why did you have to save an adult? What's the deal? They didn't learn how to swim? Well, you know, they thought, oh, I can... Okay, one pool that I worked at, the deep end was the middle of the pool. Oh, okay. Which is weird. That is weird. And we had to have a guard in the middle of the pool, which at the time was me. 
And this mm-hmm. guy was a huge football player. I'm 5'3", okay? And okay. he's like 6'4". Maybe, 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 maybe 6'2". But he wasn't, he but lacked he was, buoyancy? He was huge. He was very muscular. Yeah. Okay. And he just like, I guess he got a cramp or something. I don't know. And he was having trouble. So he grabs onto me and I slip him the tube, but he's like drowning me in the process. Slip him the what? The tube. The lifeguard tube. Oh. The red tube. Okay. So I wonder what that meant. Wow. But, um, yeah, I was just like, okay. So he could float a little so bit. So he could float a little bit better. And here I am trying to tread water. With this man. But you can lift a lot more underwater, right? Not when he's pushing you down. True, okay. Uh, This is why I've never been a lifeguard. Because I would hesitate. I'd be like, are they really in trouble? Yeah. Are they actually... Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do this if I have to. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't make it at where I work. No, my cousin's (laughs) little kid was at the pool for Father's Day. He Mm -hmm. was testing us. He was testing us. I was like, I, is this really how kids are? There are kids who do that. And yeah, he, he kept running towards the pool, but looking back, like, ha, 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 ha. And we're like, don't, little man. Oh, yeah. like two years old. Stop it. Stop running towards the pool. But he persisted. I had a kid who did that, and she, like, her parents were telling her, like, no, stay on the side, stay on the side. She jumped in, mm. freaked out, and I, like, reached in and grabbed her. And she just looked at me like... What? What happened? What like, just happened? You should have listened to your parents. See, but then the most adorable thing happened. After like the fifth, sixth time where he wouldn't listen, my uncle, the kid's grandfather, you know, grabs him, but, you know, very gently. Mm-hmm. Like, no, come on, man. And then did this amount of a pop on the butt. Yeah. I mean, it's that's... a clap. Yeah, that's a, that's a simple clap. It wasn't a... It wasn't hard. It yeah. was just... And the kid, he went like, oh... Like five seconds go by, and you see him go. Oh wait, I have to put on a show here. <laughs> yeah, and nobody was buying it. Nobody, you know. And I think there's a lot of that that we can learn from. Number one, kids do this. Mm-hmm. They will test you. They will cry to get attention to make it seem like it's the end of the world, and really they're just trying to play you once again. Yeah. And uh, I think also this doesn't just apply to kids. I think there are full-grown adults who essentially, even after a little pop on the bottom, will cry like it's the end of the world. Now, it's not a literal pop on the bottom. I think there are, all, especially in politics, there are all sorts of little issues that make people grow go, well, I was about to say something you can't say on air. Good, good save. Good yeah, save. yeah, I was about to drop Glad the you, S-bomb uh, there. Used your brain. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the... Fake outrage. I think the outrage culture is what now humors me the most. A mm-hmm. comedian online said the point of a Facebook, a book of faces argument is not to win or to inform. It is to waste the other person's time. I think that is exactly right. That I will now waste somebody's time a little bit. I will watch. I'm a lurker. Yeah. You know me. I'm a lurker on social media. And so when I see people who are 40, 50, 60 years old. Pitch a fit. Like, sometimes it's warranted. If you're genuinely upset. But half the time, I don't know if it's true. If it's genuine. I get complaints all the time. And it's little things. Mm-hmm. Little things. And it's stuff that they think I can fix. First off, I'm not an engineer. I am a communications major. 
with a degree in communications, not a degree in engineering. Mm-hmm. So I can't go in and fix things that happen to the pool pump okay. or the heater. Sure. But you and work there. I work there. I mean, I know how to do it, mm-hmm. but I'm not. But you don't, you're not willing to fix it. You just admitted you oh, know how to do it. No, like I know how to do some things, but like I can't fix it like an engineer can, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that mindset. Oh, all right, right. Does that right. make sense? It does make sense. No, but, there are all sorts of little complaints. I realize this about adults. When I was still a, yeah, I was still a kid and I had to referee little kid basketball. Mm-hmm. And how upset certain parents got yeah. over a certain call or whatever's going on, including the coaches. Not just one parent who's kind of the problem parent who's a little too into their kid's sports, early sports career. I'm talking about the coaches who are supposed to be dealing with these kids day in, day out, yeah. at least several times a week. And to see them, like, yelling at me when I'm, like, 16. Like, dude, relax. And this is what I think you, uh, if you haven't already woken up to it, uh, I have seen it. There's no such thing as adulthood, or very rarely is there such a thing as true maturity. There is, but then again, there isn't. You meet a select few. You meet a select few. I think there are select few people that really are the adults in the room in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's very rare. And I think most adults will admit this, that we're kind of making things up as we go. We learn, we try to become a little more clever. See, I'm the type of person that learns from other people's mistakes. Um, you know, you watch other people. I mistakes? watch and like learn. Okay, well, you did that wrong, so obviously I know not to do that for next okay. time. What's an example of that? Like, like, well, I have a good example, but I don't know if I can say it. Uh, do with alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, don't use the name. What happened? Oh well, I'm just like they got really, really drunk. Yes, really drunk, mm-hmm. and they made a fool of themselves. And ever since then, I've learned never to do what they did. What did they do? Well, they got like. They take their clothes off. No, because that's happened. Not no, to me. It was just like seen it. drama and falling and being over dramatic. Mm, crying. I've crying. done that. I've done. Okay, that. I've cried once. Yeah. But it was tequila. Right. You have to be careful. Yeah. You have but to be really careful. I've just learned from other people's mistakes, oh. and like I know how to handle certain things. See, but you're a girl. You're a young woman, excuse me. Who also knows the bro code. Yeah, you're a young woman who knows the bro code. I'm a dude. <laughs> I I didn't learn when I was five years old that when I climb up my dresser, it'll occasionally fall on me. I didn't learn <laughs> that if I mess with the TV, it might fall on me. I don't learn until I let it follow me three or four times. Does the TV still fall on you today? No. And if it did, it's not a big deal. It's a slight little thing. I don't mm-hmm. mind if it fell on me. I, well, I'd be... I'd, be mad because it costs money it's a different type of you know problem Mm -hmm. but no i'm a guy and i think little boys all the way up into men uh we have to learn the hard way for the most part we don't learn from others Uh, one of my favorite writers talks about that most men really only grow up in maturity wise till about the age of 12 13 14 Mm -hmm. but then they continue to develop physically they sprout beards and political opinions but still in their mind they're about the level of childhood yeah i've met some guys like that and uh you know i'm not singling anybody out and i think i have my own problems i'm admitting that i am still a scared little boy in many ways but it's something i think people need to work on because 
think there's a lot of people in my generation and younger who are waking up to the fact that, oh, these people that told us these are the hoops you need to jump through to be successful, these are the things you need to do to have a good, flourishing, healthy, happy life. Yeah. Maybe they were wrong. And usually they are. Maybe they were wrong because... uh, have you seen the rise, and I know this is such a happy-go-lucky topic, but in like a decade or something, the suicide rate has risen 30%. Mm-hmm. It's miserable. It is. And what's sad is most of them are like 15 to 18. Hmm. And that range. Right. And it's really... Well, and then you still, the ones that confound people, at 15 to 18, people can think back to their teenage years and say, yeah, I, I mean... Depending on the outside circumstances, being a teenager is not easy. It's not. Those hormones raging through your body, it's not uh, It's not an easy time. And you think you're an adult, but you're right, not. Right, but you're not. And the ones that I think that baffle people is like this Anthony Bourdain suicide, mm-hmm. uh, where just a month or so ago, he was talking about he had never been happier. And you think it's this guy who's like... Not only a star, a lesser star, but a star, and he gets to travel the world and meet new people, try new exciting things, and cook for people. Mm-hmm. And Like, you would think that a guy whose specialty is sharing food with one another would actually be happy. But no, apparently, he just offed himself one day. And it makes 61 years old. Yeah. It makes you step back and go, Why? And maybe there's something he wasn't telling people. He's putting, keeping up appearances, putting out this face of I'm happy, I'm this happy world-traveling TV star. But I think that's the one that bugs people the most because we like to think that personal success, financial achievement, success in the eyes of others will be fulfilling, but it doesn't always make us happy. Mm-mm. And I, I'm not, I think the solution isn't to stop trying to achieve personal success yeah. or financial success, whatever. That does help life come along. And I think if you don't go for those things, set goals, you will easily find yourself in a miserable situation. It'll only think, make things worse. But I think a big part of it is setting expectations. And, you know, there is such a thing as a chemical imbalance, too. I don't know. Yeah. It's difficult to talk about, though, um, because you, don't, you can't get into, like, Anthony Bourdain's head. You don't know exactly what was going through his mind. Well, you also don't know what's going on with someone mm-hmm. from their point of view like when they go home you don't know what's going on right what's home life like you know yeah but even then you really don't know what's going on and it could be empty it could be you're going through the motions i don't know what picks me up during the day is uh, what to get a little deep here is people are always looking for the meaning in Mm -hmm. life and that because life is fleeting it'll end at one point that what's the point at all and you know i Maybe it was Jordan Peterson, maybe it was somebody else. But imagine you're watching, like, a symphony orchestra put on a remarkable, beautiful performance. Mm -hmm. And while you're in the thick of it, kind of enthralled by what's going on on the stage, somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, psst, you do know it's going to end, right? That the symphony's going to end. You would probably look at that person and go, yeah, so what? So I think there's a big part of it where, yeah, even though things are fleeting, they have a beginning and the end, I think they're inherently meaningful as you find it and discover it and go on that journey. I've gone through really tough times where I finally realized life is inherently meaningful. It could be meaning that 
causes great suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. could be meaning that's ecstatic and euphoric, almost sublime. But most of the time, it's that middle ground. Yeah. It's that middle ground of, okay, I have my basic needs met. And that's where you're seeing it in very affluent societies. Not people who, you know, just are in the middle of a trench in World War One who went off themselves. I understand that. It's But it's like the people who have their basic needs met, they're successful by all sorts of standards of the society, and yet they choose that short-term solution, as I've heard it called, to a or a long-term solution to a short-term problem. Yeah. And I think it's because they're not really grappling with most of life is. It's kind of this middle ground where it's not a static and over the top and euphoric and it's not always deep and depressing and suffering so they make they end up just creating their own misery and interpret the kind of the boring humdrum of life as something that has to be overcome in a very terrible way i don't know how i got in this topic i don't know either but well, i'm just a go with the flow type of person well, yeah. happy go lucky that's good i mean you know me uh-huh. That's good. I'm still a little mad at you, though. I'm sorry. Still love you. Well, you accidentally swiped left. I, I still love you. You're still my favorite. Okay. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. We'll be back, folks. You're listening to Joey Clark Radio Hour. Peyton Jolly alongside me. Be back right after this. No, no, no. no. Well, the news today is all focused on the southern border. I have to say the whole situation removed from politics is incredibly heartbreaking. Um, Because you can look at this from all sorts of different angles. I mean, there were people who admitted they brought kids with them on their passage through Central America, through Mexico, into the United States because they knew... People who have kids tend not to be preyed upon as much as people who are by themselves or just adults. And they know that the United States has, well, gone a little bit lighter in the past on people who are family units, so-called. Border agents have found people who um, are presenting certain kids as their children. And then, of course, the heartbreaking part is that people who really do come as a family are split up because of this new zero-tolerance policy, which means that if you are an adult, you cross the U.S. border illegally for whatever reason, you will be prosecuted. And when you are prosecuted and put into the hands of U.S. Marshals, the kids can't go with you. Unless they go to a short-term detention center, then they are moved to either a relative who's in the country or they are moved to... uh, government daycare centers, essentially. These daycare centers are bizarre things to look at. Um, Now, some people might have seen the images with, like, the chain link and the thermal blankets. That's the short-term facility that I believe the pictures everybody's seeing is a place out of Texas. But uh, the daycare, the government kind of care centers are, you know, more like a sanitized 
it reminds me of certain schools I've been in, mm-hmm. where you have a you know like cafeteria, you have different rooms, and they you know hold classes, and there are murals. That's the most bizarre part: murals with quotes from presidents of the United States, Trump, Obama, so one of JFK, and it's like supposed to be inspirational quotes. All these kids are being held in the country. And it's just heartbreaking uh, what is going on. So I hope Congress acts and actually acts to change the law. I know the president could you know, not have the zero-tolerance policy, but I think that's why a lot of these kids are coming in the first place um, or being brought in the first place, because before there was tolerance from, a, I suppose, a good-hearted place. Uh, but it, it's amazing how complicated life can be in that regard that, uh, well, there's always a wrong to your right, and there will always be a war somewhere to fight. Well, no, I was quoting Foxy Suzanne there. Sorry about that. Kind of rhymed. Yeah. yeah. God knows I've had some rough effing years. Mm-hmm. Wrote it to a song. The song's called Oh Lord by Foxy Suzanne. It's a really, really, really good song, but what else is in the news today? Um... Hmm, Marines beefed up presence in Norway. An attack. That's what Russia's claiming. U.S. Marines are now in Norway. I don't know if Norway's an official NATO ally, but that's, uh, that's pretty bizarre. What's, have you been, do you peruse the news at all, Young Peyton? Uh, not lately. Not lately? No. I mean, what do you read online? What is your online consumption like? I'm trying to get into the mind of somebody who is not Joey. This is the wrong mind you should be getting into. No, it's fine. Uh, I like like all types. I don't know. You don't know. Does Kindle count online? Yeah. Okay, then I read books. What have you been reading? Uh, okay. So this one book I just finished like within like a day and a half. It's called. Hold on. Let me go to my Kindle app. Okay. Okay. So this one. I read Xander. He's a rock star. Xander. Yeah. It's like part of this series called Falling Down. All right. And he's a rock star. He's a drummer. He's a rock star and a drummer. He's a rock star who is a drummer. Okay. And then... So it's following this fictional person... Yeah. ...who is living the rock star lifestyle. Is it... I mean, it's entertaining, a lot of pulp in it, a lot of sex and drugs. It's like the beginning... Okay. ...of his career. Well, that's the best part. It's before you get jaded. Yeah. And what's even great about it is that it talks about his first true love. Oh. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sappy for romance, but sure. I'm heartless at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's weird. you're heartless to guard your heart. <laughs> it's weird. But, um, so it talks about his first love, how they met at eight, and then they get married at 18. But then he goes on the road? He goes on the road, oh, and then no. something happens to her. Oh, no. So then, you know. What happens to her? Well, she gets, like... Sick? No. She gets, like, assaulted. Oh, my. At one of her art shows. Like, she was leaving the art show and going to her car and got beat up and everything. It was really bad. Kind of made me sick. Okay. And so he's obviously worried sick. Yeah, he's worried sick about her, and he leaves tour to come take care of her. And, you know, then she's like, listen, like, go back on tour. I still need to find myself after Mm -hmm. this. Like, she's not her normal self. And then it takes her 10 years. Like, they still talk, and he still goes and visit her whenever he gets a chance. And then it takes her 10 years to come to him. Oh, my. Yeah. That is sappy. Yeah. But it's it's so good. 
star-crossed lovers who just had to figure it out on their own only yeah. to come back to the same point. Bigger and better I people. I know. That's so sweet. I know. I haven't read fiction in a while. Oh, that's pretty much all I read. I, I mean, I've read some, like, bios. Like, I think the last non-fiction I read was about Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. But I was also doing, like, how my research papers on her. Yeah, I I put on a podcast often, maybe an audio book, but I I like stories from real life these mm-hmm. days, like kind of like a biography, but I also like uh, you know analytical books that take yeah. on like the last big book I read was Sapiens, talking about the rise of the human race. That was fairly interesting. A lot of things you can take from that book. Uh, this conference was pretty eye-opening, and they gave me some free books, Ooh, like uh, books. Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. It's a pretty good, the one lesson is, uh, see the unseen, that for That's every direct apparent effect of economics, there's uh, unseen effects, uh, spinoff mm-hmm. effects, and so it's a matter of, you know, being able to take those little jumps and figure out, oh, what's the actual starting point? What are we actually talking about here? Um, they also gave me eye pencil. To the famous essay by Leonard Reed, where it starts off with a very snooty pencil, very uppity pencil, very mm-hmm. proud of himself, you know? Yeah. And because the pencil says, nobody on earth can make me. No one person can make I me. I think I've read that mm-hmm. before in one of my English classes. Yeah. and it, you know I'm an English minor and It all. goes on to make a fantastic point of, well, it takes a whole economy of people throughout the world, in the case of a pencil, that have specialized knowledge to come together and make a single pencil. Like, Mm -hmm. you need the wood from this place, the rubber from another place, the graphite from another. You need the ability to, you know, render that wood down for pencil form, to get the graphite, mine it out of the ground, to, you know, harvest the rubber. And then put all those things together in a cost-effective way that provides people with all sorts of pencils. And... I love that essay because it makes you look, if you take the time at anything in life, goes with the other lesson of seeing the unseen, that, okay, I take this pen I'm holding in my hand for granted. I love the tiny little stylus it has, a little rubber stylus, like mm-hmm. boop, 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 boop. And when I'm bored, I boop it. And, uh, oh, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, but it makes you appreciate everything in life has this sort of larger story yeah and so that's one thing for like something like an inanimate object like a pen or a pencil but if you look at a person and it's something i've been trying to do is like what if you could be a fly in the wall for the life of anthony bourdain like the last 10 years and actually see that guy's life play out and all the boredom and all the everyday stuff not like a movie but you're like there with him Maybe would you understand why he took his own life? When you look at somebody like a president of the United States or a speaker of the house or whatever, not the story they give you, that the palace historian... the real story. Yeah, the real story. And actually, to Trump's credit, I mean, you can listen to hours of him on, like, Howard Stern talking about weird sex crap. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of weird things about Trump. Um, And that storytelling is what I'm really starting to love is how can you find the complicated things that make up a person, not go immediately because of politics or religion or anything else, bad person or good person. But even if it's somebody like, uh, say, a killer, Mm -hmm. obviously there's no, I'm not going to, you know, downplay, say somebody murders somebody else, that obviously murder is wrong, it's morally wrong, we should have laws against it. 
whatever. But how do you get to that point? Was it just out of ignorance and stupidity? Was it out of a crime of passion? I, I always have had that inkling, and I want to go more towards that feeling I've had. Like when Governor Bentley was found out to be sleeping with his aide. I don't want to shame him for moral turpitude. Yeah. I want to figure out, after 50 years of marriage, why? Yeah. What There's led you so to this point? You know, it's maybe it's working long hours. You're impressed with that person. You're bored. I don't know. It's there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered, especially in the quick hit press where we forget about something immediately. Like I'm still baffled by the North Korea thing in a good way, though. I'm hopeful that it works out. I think it's remarkable what's going on with the North Korea thing. And going back to this conference where I got the free books, it's so cool to see all these people who have their own unique stories from around the world that are coming together to like this one conference. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's remarkable to me how quickly life can go by. That I mean, your twenties twenties are still a life. I'm I'm almost out of them. I know. I turned thirty December first. I always God. forget you're like six days older than me. Yeah. Like four years and six days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, you're a December baby too. Yeah. The seventh. I'm Pearl Harbor. Nice. Okay, that's easy to remember. Exactly. Yeah, day that'll live in infamy. Peyton Jolly was brought into the world, but not in 1940. Did you just kill your mother? Long labor. Uh, it was terrible. Well, according to her and my grandma, they thought I was never gonna get. Well, that they thought they were gonna have to deliver me on the side of the road because they kept getting stuck behind log trucks on the way to the hospital. <clears throat> but granted, the hospital was jam. like. In a different town. It wasn't really the log jam I was talking about. But, oh, I'm so know, sorry. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing to me. I, like, with the radio, too, we've met so many people, and I just realized this, not related to you, mm-hmm. but uh, Janet Jolly, her husband, called. So she's really in a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. going real rough spell with cancer. Um, that I believe has metastasized all throughout her body. Hospice is there. So uh, pray for Janet Jolly, folks. Um, JJ's been a, a good friend to me in, in small ways that mean a lot, like bringing me vinyl records. And we talked to me, brought me car wash, which inspired me to watch the movie. And he showed me his new Volkswagen. Well, it's really an old Volkswagen that he's refurbished from the 60s. Cool little car. Um, everybody has a story. And I think we write off whether they're people in Atlanta doing a conference or the person sitting right in front of me, Peyton Jolly, or it's kids, you know, at the border. We write off people to fit our agendas and we lose the deeper story. Now, of course, there's not always time to do that. Sometimes I'm on the move. I've got my agenda. This is the thing. This is my own story. I'm living, Joey. But I do wonder, for instance, at the border, what are these parents being told? Because at the start of the Trump administration, everybody assumed zero policy or zero zero tolerance policy. So you saw border crossings plummet. But then word got out that, oh, no, things haven't changed that much. So you're seeing this rise in people going to the border. So it makes you wonder, who are the crooks? Who are the exploiters here that are telling people, oh, yeah, you can make it across the border? And it breaks my heart. I don't think the analogy 
of like, oh, say I own a acre or two of land and people squat on it, or I own a house or apartment and people break in. I don't think that's the best analogy because it's private property. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the nation is the private property of the federal government. That's how they treat it. All that said, I, I hope they find a solution with this. Um, because right now I see a lot of outrage coming from Democrats and Republicans that I hope will actually be met with sound policy, not being used as just a way to bludgeon the President of the United States. Though I think Trump knows what he's doing. He brought this on. It's just terrible. You try to love all the people in the world and you end up loving nobody. It's terrible. It's terrible. What else are you reading other than Xander? Um, hate, love, you. Hmm? Hate, love, you. Hate, love, you. Yeah, she hates the guy at first, then she loves him. Another fiction? Yep. Romance? Yep. Like I said, I'll read this romance stuff, but I'm so heartless. Mm-hmm. I don't There's buy something it. wrong with me. No, I know what you're talking about. Like, I've gone through that. Where you act like, you know, you got a heart of... No, Ice. I seriously don't have a heart. You just don't have a heart. I, I mean, it beats, but I don't have a so heart. So you have no empathy whatsoever for no. others in pain and suffering. No. You it, laugh. Is it sad that I kind of laugh? Wait, do you actually laugh? Sometimes. At, like, say, something hit me in the face right now, you would laugh. I would laugh so hard. What if I was But like, I would ask you if you were okay after okay, I kept laughing. Okay, okay. Because we're friends. What if I'm, like, stricken with the flu? And I'm miserable, and there's snot coming out of my face. Well, I wouldn't be near you. But you would laugh if somebody told you, yeah, Joey's got the flu. He's fine, but he's miserable. You'd probably laugh at me. I don't know. But you laugh at, like, physical humor. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. There's Some people just don't get it, and I think that's unique for... Um, like a funeral? Yeah. I'm so awkward. You want to laugh at a funeral? <laughs> yes. Wow. Because I don't know how to hold my emotion. Like but I it's don't. A, it's have a defensive measure, yes. right? That's your laughter is like I don't know what to say. So <laughs> yes. Okay. No, I can somewhat relate to that. I haven't laughed at any funerals. Well, I haven't been to a funeral in a long time, so we're good. But you know, like I'm just awkward too. Mm-hmm. Now you're making me feel awkward. Yeah. But yeah, like I literally am pretty heartless, and it's pretty bad. I don't... You're going to have to give me an example because you're reading all this romance, so you want to feed your mind and heart these stories of people who are go through all these trials and tribulations, but they end up together, yet you say you're heartless? Yeah. Like, I give people a chance, but then I just, you know... Okay, so you have high expectations. Sure, we'll go with that. So if anyone has high expectations like me, call me mm-hmm. up. Well, and you... Well... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird world out there. I oh, I can really relate to putting on a front that I'm heartless. Oh no, mine's not a front. Well, sometimes it's also I'm just lazy. Like Joey, why aren't you dating? Like, because it takes time and money. You know, I get asked that question all the time. Not Joey, why are you dating? Why aren't you dating? It's Peyton. Why aren't you dating? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It takes time. Trying to find me. Do you do the the Dutch thing? You expect the guy to pay. I mean, I offer to pay sometimes. Okay. That's like if I have money in my account. Is that like a judgment of that person if you do end up paying or you just do it because you feel like it? Well, I'll be like, oh, I got it. And then like some of them are just like, seriously? Mm -hmm. And they get mad and I'm like, okay, fine, pay for it. 
Yeah, I'm, I don't have, especially because I'm working on a radio salary, I don't have too many hang-ups if somebody offers to pay. I mean, I like to be able to pay, though. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I do. It is a shot to my pride when I can't afford something for somebody else. And that's why I kind of save myself and the other person the misery. I'd Like, it sounds like a lot of work. Like, I'm happy doing my own thing. I don't read romance novels in my like meantime, but... That's how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. But I would like to be, like, taken out on a date or something every once in a while. Yeah. But that also, I also have to say yes and actually go through with it. Right. That's the hard part. See, but when somebody tells you no, I learned that that is a great thing. Rejection is a good thing because it means that you have now been saved time and money. That person just saved you See, 60 bucks, whatever it'll be, to go to dinner. Sometimes mine's not rejection. Sometimes, like, I am really tired and I just well, want to sleep, you know? Do you make that known? That I'm just really tired tonight. Yeah. Hit me up tomorrow. I, I probably don't say hit me up tomorrow because I'll hit them well, up tomorrow. Well, here's the, like, you know, <laughs> you don't want to come across as too desperate. Or yeah. Maybe, yeah. It's a weird game. But it's not just relationship, romantic relationships. That's business. That's everything. Yeah. You don't want to come across as like, I really need this. You need to be confident in who you are. Like, oh, I could do, I can take it or leave it. But it could be something great here. We could have a great fit here. Who knows? Who knows? Everyone says that, and I'm like, if only people could see my face. Again, people are just, you got (laughs) to talk into the microphone. (laughs) So good luck going forward. Thanks. As you search for a job that isn't lifeguarding. Well, it's a great gig. Yeah, it's a great gig, Other than the but four I don't want to be a 30-year-old lifeguard. True. I mean, I'm sure there are very successful 30-year-old lifeguards who are listening, who um, well, take exception to that to comment. Props to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult time. I remember getting right out of college. I took a few job interviews that I hated. Absolutely hated. Didn't go to school for this, what I'm doing today. Yeah. Radio. But I ended up doing it. And one so producer's BM. So yeah. Maybe you gotta, if you really wanna be in radio, I told this to folks at the conference, just keep trying. Like, even be willing to work for free for a little while. Yeah, but that doesn't pay my car payment. True. But maybe you have to do the lifeguard gig while you work for free in the radio business and you make yourself valuable. And then that person says, well, we'll hire you if you're going to continue to do these great things for our business. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that's what interns are, essentially. True. Mm Mm-hmm. True. So do you need an intern? Oh, sure. (laughs) I mean, there's some work I need done. The problem is I'm not the money guy. I'm just saying. Yeah, you can help me out. I'll be happy to have you intern. We were here for one of the first shows. You were interning before on Greg's show. I know. Oh, maybe maybe we can find a fit for you here, but I'm not the hiring guy. I'm just being straight with I you. I don't hire you. and fire. I can use you. Yeah, it's a reference. I'll give you a good good reference. All right, sweet. Well, thank you for joining me, Peggy. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tomorrow night we're talking about sexual awareness. People aren't getting tested. It's terrible. And it's running rampant in all seriousness here in the South, in particular Alabama. So I have a guest on to talk about that, an event to kind of raise awareness, get people tested. Because I know it's not always, you know, you meet your high school sweetheart, you go on tour, and, you know, sometimes people, you know, fool around. Yeah. They don't figure out what they've caught. 
So I'll talk to y'all tomorrow night. Thanks for tuning in. Jelly Fart.